bed than all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here. It is happy Wednesday and happy Merry Christmas. That's what it is. Yes, it is Christmas. I'm recording this on Christmas Eve for Christmas Day, and right now it is Christmas, so I hope you're doing well. Okay, well, I've been thinking about just, I always think about how to give you something to do differently to enhance your role playing as a game master and as a player. And I've been watching a few YouTube videos, and I have a few in my collection of certain movies I wanted to talk about, a certain type of movie, not even a genre of movie. It is a type of movie that you really should consider, I should consider, because now that I think about it, I I should be doing it, but you should consider watching to try to adapt into whatever game you're playing, whatever genre you're playing. Because in this type of movie, there are a lot of genres more than you more than you know because i well i'll get into that after this okay what i'm talking about is silent movies yes those things watching silent movies and looking at the techniques the directors use now this is all visual this is the thing the thing a game is a game and you talk during the game and you tell things but you should also as a game master visualize things for the players everybody's going to have a different idea of what's going on as long as you know they're all they're all on the same page about it but what you can do to juice that along is as a gm of course you use your abilities as a gm to to help visualize, if you can tell them about a smell or a, or a scene or something they hear, and, and you know, getting up, I'm do, I'm, my hands are going all over the place while I'm doing this. You can't see it, but I'm just getting kind of excited about if you're in a scene, they find a scene of, I don't know, an orc chomping on the bit of an arm of a dead adventurer, you got to tell him what the orc's like, what he's doing, how sm- you can tell him how smelly he is, how disgusting what he's doing, what's around. It's a it's a trashed room. It looks like he, he trashed the place. He smells. You know, all that stuff comes into play. Watching silent film. Here's the thing. I love silent film. And there are genres out there that you can tap into for whatever it is, fantasy, what I'm doing, gangbusters, sci-fi, you name it. You can tap into this and watching these things because silent film acting is not quite natural acting. It's more melodramatic and it's melodramatic by design because... With the absence of sound, here's the thing. Remember when I talk about art being a taking away? They took away sound. So you have to compensate and figure out how to tell the way you want to tell it. I mean, you have title cards, of course, that people can read. and But you they didn't want to do all that all the time. Or rather, they couldn't. Otherwise, you'd be reading a slideshow. But, in fact, there are directors and people out there who pride themselves in doing something with a minimal amount of titles. Well, here's the thing. If you're watching, like, say, a Chaplin comedy 
or a Buster Keaton short or something like that. Well, that's great. They can get away with, with less titles. They do more physicality stuff because they, they can do it because it's slapstick. It's physical. And that's what I'm talking about, being physical at your game. But here's the drawback. Sound would eventually come. Everybody knew that. But in the meantime, silent dramas, they really needed sound. Dramas, things like that, they did need sound. So they compensated the best way they can. They did a, they did a bit over, of overreacting, like they're doing it on stage. Stage, at the time in stage from the turn of the century, you had to play to that back row back there of the audience. You had to make sure they saw what you were doing or up there in the balcony, the back row of the balcony. So you had to make it broader. They had to make it broader because they didn't have language. Now, there is, to me, there is, as in ham acting, there is good melodramatic acting and there's bad melodramatic acting. You want to watch the good stuff because they have this way. What what I under found out that watching watching silent dramas is if they're good, if the actor is good, they have a way of melod- being melodramatic, but at the same time being subtle because they knew how to pull it back, when to do it, when to pull it back. Watch any film with Lon Chaney. Any Lon Chaney film, you will see him. He will, he will you know, he'll do the, the dramatic stuff. And then in tender moments, they can really pull it back and be tender about it. And this is what you have to get into your role playing, as far as I'm concerned, is the fact that you should use your whole body. You should use your whole self. I'm not saying you're going to have to be flailing around and like you're stomping on a, you know, you're doing a roadshow of Uncle Tom's cabin or something. But what I'm saying is, if if you do something, say you're portraying an NPC wizard and he is very, very dramatic, you wouldn't you wouldn't do something. I'm just going to tell you what I'm doing. I, you know, if you're going to cast a spell, you do, you know, you, you wave your arm. You would wave both arms like this. You know, this, this kind of thing really gets the players going for the most part. You may be get a reputation as a ham GM, but that's okay. As long as the story's interesting, as long as they're all involved and all immersed in the story. And I'm immersed in the story. You could drop your pants and I wouldn't even notice. Well, yeah, I would if it's for effect, yes. But I mean, you know, if I'm totally immersed in the story, I don't care how big you're acting. Or small you're acting. And remember, you got to know when to pull it out like they do in the silence and reel it back in. There are grades, there are subtleties to that. And a GM not only should do it, owes it to the players. I don't say you have to be good. No one has to be a great actor to do this. But... Sometimes, a lot of times, in fact, you even see this in professional acting, a lot of times, lack of talent is made up for with enthusiasm and just pure energy. So if you watch any Bela Lugosi movie, he may not have the best dialogue, he may not have the best character, but he gives that 110% every single role he did. He did to the, to the utmost. 
And so being big and then being able to bring it back is the way. And you're watching silent films, you can see this. I've, and, you know, you want fantasy? Okay, uh, the ring cycle. The, they did a two-part ring cycle. Uh, what was it called? Part one's called Siegfried. The other, the other part's called Krimheld's Revenge. That's a German film. A lot of European German films, like if you want to do horror, Nosferatu. Or Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Science fiction? Of course, Metropolis and other ilk like that. D.W. Griffith, his shorter films are easier to watch than something like Intolerance. If you want to watch Intolerance, that's fine. I would not recommend Birth of a Nation, even though it's an important film, for reasons, obvious reasons for the state age. But if you want, you know, his shorter films, you can really get an idea of the drama. Another good one, doing horror, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde with John Barrymore. Or or Phantom of the Opera. Uh, other fantasy things, Hunchback, Lon Chaney. Anything with Chaney in it is great for that kind of subtle melodramatic slash subtle acting that he does. Okay, here's something. Here's something. Like I said, it's all visual, right? No sound. You're still using sound. Say you wa- say you wa- have a vampire that bursts out of his coffin, or something like that, or comes out of his coffin while the players are there. If you've seen Nosferatu, there's a scene where Count Orlock, the main vampire, comes out, and they show this in clips before. Comes out of his coffin. He just like floats right up on his feet and becomes perpendicular in the coffin. You can tell the play. Okay, all of you are coming in. There's these crypts. There's these coffins. And all of a sudden, one of them bursts open with a, with a, with a shining light, and this vampire all of a sudden becomes fully, fully standing up. He just, you see him float right up into your face. Now that is a powerful image. That's the kind of thing you want to do with your players. Watching silent films, great way to do it. Watching any film is a great way to do it, but if you want to get a little, if you want to be able to see some great visuals that you can translate into role-playing, there's a good place to start right there. So, go ahead and take that. i got to start my day. I do have... it's after the tree, I think, and everything. But anyway, so if you guys want to talk about about this to me or something like that, or or argue or whatever, oldmangrognargmail.com, or you can drop me a voicemail on Anchor. You, we are monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you can help this program, and I would thank you. I'd also like to thank Jonathan Dorje, Wendell Jessen, Oliver Shriek, Mark C. Walring, Gilbert Soares, Juan Carlos Llewellyn, Daniel Reynolds, and Dan Gregg. Thank you guys. You were great, and I hope you're having a great holiday season. Remember, Moxie Walring's The Yawning Owlbear Podcast on Anchor, and Dan Craig's The Young, Y-U-N-G, Grognard Podcast. So, I think it's time for me to wish you guys a very Merry Christmas or whatever holiday holiday you're celebrating. And I hope you get everything you want and nothing you don't want. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm and I'll talk to you later. Ho ho and bye bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com.
We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Come on.